Hey, music fans, lit people, welcome to Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart, and today I'm here with my co-host, Andy Tran, to interview Kevin Bigley. You might know Kevin from BoJack Horseman or the new Amazon Prime show, Upload, but today we're here to talk to him about his writing. He just released his first novel, Comaville, from Clash Books. It tackles themes like nostalgia and malevolence as we follow the main character, Josh, as he navigates his way through his early childhood whilst being in a coma. Kevin here will discuss more of that with us, amongst other things like his love of guitar, life in LA, COVID, and what kind of music helps get him hyped before writing or filming. I'm now going to kick things off to Andy to begin the show. Enjoy. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I've been busy just uh, shooting some stuff here and there. Um, Like we were talking about a little while ago, shooting in um, uh, Utah right now. And then I'm back in California next month. And then I'm off to shoot season two of Upload in Vancouver from January to April. So busy schedule, but uh, all excited about all that stuff. I didn't realize you filmed that in a uh, Vancouver. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool place, man. I mean, I'm curious about, you know, how it'll be experiencing that during COVID times, but hopefully the window of January through April can kind of see some kind of return to form, but I know that they're doing a lot better with it there too. So, um, you know, hopefully that holds up, hopefully that stays, uh, because there, that's just such a fun city to like go around and hang out and go hit up the restaurant scene and stuff, which you'll, you know, was obviously impacted by the disease. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can, I can order in or something. I don't know, but it's intense. All the guidelines and stuff. The movie I'm shooting right now where all the actors are living in, in a house and the house we're shooting in. So it's really, really weird, but, um, but fun because I mean we're in like a little miniature version of the NBA bubble. Um, oh wow! We, we can't go anywhere. We can leave, but only for hikes and stuff. But it's all right. I mean, you know, it, 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 the I mean, we get to kind of forget that it exists for a little bit, which is cool. Can you tell us anything about what you're in right now, or is that a hush hush? It, no, it's uh, it's like this. Uh, it's this movie about. Um, like a group of friends that kind of get together for an engagement party. And there's this device, uh, that's kind of like a, um, kind of like an Alexa or something or a Google device or whatever that, uh, they just get, uh, my character has kind of manufactured and built and invented, and it can pause and rewind time within like 48 hours. So, uh, they become aware of it and we all kind of start using it to, tinker with the the weekend um it's just kind of about a group of friends who are trying to have the oh, that per- sounds so it's, it's cool it's like they're just trying to have a perfect weekend and it's kind of about like how you know friends in your 30s you've been friends for a long time you've grown apart some of them you can't stand anymore so it's just kind of like trying to curate your relationships with your friends um and how that can kind of fall apart TV shows, now a movie, like how do you keep it all straight in your head? I don't know. Um, It's a lot, I think, but, um, you know, I think I just take it one thing at a time. The writing Mm. is kind of a thing that um, is is usually 
when I'm not working, which, you know, it's like you're either working a lot or you have some time off. So I can kind Mm -hmm. of set my own um, curriculum, I suppose, and and schedule, you know, when it comes to reading or consuming, um, whether it be uh, film, television, books or music, I can kind of orchestrate that myself uh, during my free time. And then when I'm shooting, it's just, it's usually quite a bit, you know, like it's, it, uh, the reading is usually kind of a um, a way to come down and, and calm down and, and rest. I also play guitar. So my guitar is with me here. Um, and I bring it usually when I travel. So that's usually a way to kind of relax. I usually don't sleep well when I shoot um, mm, until I started yeah. kind of playing more and more guitar and, um, and the reading helps a little bit, but sometimes it wakes my brain up because I usually start the day with reading. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I have that problem too. Right. I can't just like people use like reading as a way to fall asleep and it doesn't really work for me that way. So, um, it engages uh, your brain like in a way where you're like, oh shit, I got to pay attention. Yeah. I agree with I, that too. Yeah. It's, it just makes me very imaginative. Actually, you know, the book for Comaville started, Started with um, my sleeping problems when it came to uh, shooting. Um, you know, there were probably when I've, I remember when I was shooting Sirens, there were like a show I did in Chicago. There were nine times within one of the seasons that I got zero sleep and I had to go 30 plus hours while I was shooting. And it's just kind of like sleep deprivation being one of those kind of classic usage or or tools to like torture somebody. So I was like hallucinating. I felt like just like the psyops. Yeah. Yeah. So with Comaville, the idea manifested because I was moving around a lot. I was, Mm, um, I used to lay down and try and relax myself. And, uh, and I would think about rooms that I had spent time in, in the past. Um, yeah. I would think about like my, try to imagine my classroom from like sixth grade when I lived in Oregon for a little bit, you know, like just pick a room and see if I can paint it and construct it. And it was a fun, nostalgic game, but then it kind of became more and more detrimental to me getting sleep because Mm. it was so fun. So it's like you're talking about Mallory where it's like, it's reading just engages my brain and uh, it becomes and uh, 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 you know it's an imaginative exercise, so uh, I don't get very good sleep when I when I read too much close to bed. No, I definitely feel you there. Yeah. You really delved into Comaville. Do you want to give people a little bit more of a summary of what it is? Oh yeah, um, it's it's about this guy uh, who's uh, he's thirty six years old and and he wakes up in his childhood bedroom with no recollection of how he got there. Um, and he kind of ventures out into this world and he discovers that this house that he woke up in is, is planted in the city of nostalgia and of memory. Um, so there's all of these people in the city that he, uh, that he experienced in his past. There's camp counselors, there's teachers, there's kids he moved away from, there's pop culture people from, you know, his favorite shows. And, uh, they're all, celebrating his presence and they relish that he's there. But then you find out um, in the second chapter, because the book is a split narrative, that he's, uh, Josh is his name, he's in a coma. And the rest of the, uh, you know, half of the book takes place in this hospital room uh, with his sister as the other main character and their parents and their discussions about fear and death and hope and all the things that transpire in those medical rooms. And uh, they say that coma patients can hear. So a lot of the, 
a lot of the conversations that happen in the hospital room have some kind of thematic impact in Josh's next fo- like following chapter in his comaville. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of the seesaw, like a back and forth between these two purgatories to a degree. So, so Andy just started yeah. reading it. Did you finish it? I, I loved the excerpt uh, on Nervous Breakdown. I thought that was really good. Oh, cool, man. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. I, I loved it. Uh, shout, shout out to Nervous Breakdown. So you know, cool. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really good. Um, I think Clash is doing, Clash books are, are doing great things too right now. And um, yeah, I, not only on like a language level that I really like it, but just like the plot was like, like you were saying before. And it just seems like the character Josh is just like going through some like dark shit. And like, it's, I'm not saying I like I relate to him like oh, a thousand percent, but I've been like in places where that like was sleep, not in like a coma sense, but uh, you know what I mean. Just like I felt, uh, uh, and even what you were saying before with like the no sleep thing, I've had like experiences where I just um, like I can't, I can't, I, I'd be in insomnia, you know, for like sometimes days, you know, two or three days. Um, so yeah, I, it, has, I, I, I mean, really it can, that for sure. It can drive you absolutely insane. You already know, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I started hallucinating like that. I was yeah. one time yeah. I like got up in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. I hadn't been sleeping and I went to the bathroom and as I was coming back, I like yeah. got into bed and I was like, okay, well, wait a minute here. Let me, let me move this way because we're going to be shooting this from two different directions. And you're like oh, shooting no, this. Yeah. What the fuck oh, are you doing? Like, what are oh, you thinking, damn. man? Like I was really like, my brain was just like falling yeah. apart. It was just a lot of pressure. I mean, I had a show at 20 yeah, you know, and some people have, you know, obviously there's a lot of people with a lot of success early on, but I just, I guess I'm just not very conditioned to it. Um, to, to, to deal with the pressure of like being on a show. And, uh, it's not that I can't do it. It's just that it's hard. And there was a lot You're of pressure on that a lot show. Too. Yeah. Like you said, like you said, Mallory, it's yeah. a lot to handle. And, um, say, like, there's a lot Bojack, of pressure. Horsemen, sirens. Sure. Upload yeah. whatever the hell else. And I think comedy specifically because, you know, uh, yeah. there's a lot of pressure to be funny and you want to be funny when you get there, when you get on set. And the way I work too, like at least with shooting and stuff, I like to, I, I essentially try to tackle it like a writer and that I, with comedy to try to have some, um, some, some jokes, some alts for some things, you know, like you have to come in with, uh, some, some just kind of prepared, bit stuff mm. or ideas to work yeah. with at the ends of scenes usually. So I tried to do that. So I, yeah, I was, I wasn't getting, getting much totally sleep get that. for that yeah. kind of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you a question about a uh, real estate. What's your favorite real estate song? Oh man. Yes. Yeah. Real. I think, I think had to hear, is my okay. favorite off of Atlas. I have that record. Okay. I play that a lot in my house. But uh, I, I okay. listened to, I listened to that Atlas record when I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I guess not not necessarily when I was writing Comaville, but definitely when I was editing. Um, I find it kind of hard sometimes to listen to music while I write, so I kind of go back and forth between things. Um, usually, it, it, if it is, if I am writing, it used to, it has to be like surf or 
some nice. kind of like heavy psychedelic, like any kind of 60s psych rock or garage, okay. uh, yeah, something yeah. that's kind of sure. like noisy and fuzzy. And that uh, allows me to kind of um, speak in like, my language right now. Yeah, yeah, I need to focus on what I'm writing. So, uh, you For know, sure. sometimes I can like songs too much and I'll just focus on the record. Totally and like, oh, that. man, I love yeah. this. <laughs> like, so yeah, you like you just get into it, you know, definitely like too much. So that it distracts you. Yeah, I get that. Are you I one know, of the like, that, like the lyrics distract you too, or yeah, well, like mm. especially for something where you can, they're very prominent. You know, like if you're listening mm. to something like Garage, like you know the and the and it's just or like VOCs or something, and it's like screamed mm. through a megaphone. You're like, I'm, sure. I, I can, I can zone out during this, and I can focus on writing stuff. But if it's, if it's like minuscule. Uh, or not minuscule, but if Definitely it's like, point, a, though. Yeah. yeah, if it's like bare kind of production yeah. and lone kind of folk or country guitar playing, like I can't, I tried to write, I was writing this new thing and, and it's been, uh, taking place in kind of where I'm from, which is very country mm. and, and, Ooh. and yeah, like tied out into like, you know, some trailers and, and, uh, okay. where so I Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, so it's got this <laughs> southern vibe because that's kind of how I grew right. up. So I was oh, yeah. I tried to listen to one of my favorite records is Coulter's Coulter Wall's last record, but man, the production is really bare and it and his lyrics are awesome. And I just found myself just sucking because I just wanted to listen <laughs> to this record. So I, I, I have I to like change it though. up. Yeah, like it's yeah. so bare that like there's not much to grab onto it mm -hmm. maybe. And because there, I guess what you were saying. When there's more production in songs, like there's so much, not noise, but you know what I mean? Like there's so much going on that you can yeah. just lose yourself into it. Is that what you mean? I guess. I also can't listen to anything yeah. that's too, makes me too emotional because I'll yeah. read stuff and like, as I'm reading yeah. it, I'll be like, dude, this, I, this is working really that. well. And you're like, well, yeah. yeah, it's working really well because you're listening to like the soundtrack from the leftovers. You know, this is like super somber and you like the leftovers and you like this song and yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I had to. I have to be careful with that. But um, real yeah, estate's guess. records were uh, I really like. But that that um, Atlas uh, record, you know, it feels a lot like. Um, I mean, one of the, my favorite books I read a little while ago was uh, Janet Hobhouse's Dancing in the Dark, and I feel like she does the very similar thing that like a that real estate does, which it's like it gets to the root. It gets to the root of like, I don't know. I feel like the real estate's always dissecting a cul-de-sac or something. Like they're just like yeah. peeling off that layer and kind of getting to the root of kind of uh suburban or, uh, you know, that, that very, the, the very American behavior. And, um, mm. and I feel like Hobhouse really does that depending on what you think of him. I think Franzen does that too. You know, like yeah, the, yeah. there's just writers that, uh, that have some kind of finger on the pulse, whether you relate to it or not, they're doing sure. it. And so I, I like, uh, I like real estate's records for that. You know, that it's, it can even fa seem innocuous to a degree and boring, but mm. that's what, um, oh, no, not at all. Good, good, good. I'm glad that it's yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm almost I'm being too silent, but I want like <laughs> hear you guys talk, but no, I'm into it. Yeah. Nice. Good, good, good. But, What's uh, your favorite psychedelic band? Oh, I was man. totally going to ask that. Nice, I, man. Just twins. Moment. Just, yeah, twins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. get, I, I buy a lot of records from Permanent Records over in Highland Park um, mm -hmm. in, in California, in, in, uh, in L.A., 
And they just put out a lot of really good um, psych stuff that like a revival, uh, you uh, know, like where they, they reissue a uh, lot of those those records that people, you know, the, those bands that didn't quite make it or had one song. They do a compilation with, um, well, man, Mallory, it's, I think it's in Chicago. It's like a, a Easy Rider, I think is the name of the label. They do like these brown acid compilations. So they have maybe. like, it's awesome. They do, yeah. I think they have 11 different volumes of the records and they're really great. But And then there's also a Chicago group called the Numero Group and they put out some really Ooh, good stuff. I know them. Stuff. Yeah. So they had a garage compilation that was called Warfaring Stranger and I loved it. It was all really dirty, riffy stuff um but as far as recently they feel very more jam band but yeah yeah definitely um but i need i need a lot of fuzz i need i need um that josephus is a texas band that was came out with a good record called i think brother in in like 1971 Uh and then heavy equipment by euclid was a, a good reissue recently just like i don't know just some kind of really dirty uh, proto punk, proto metal kind of shit. I, I really, I really like that stuff. Do you ever find yourself trying to like play music like that on your guitar or no? I do, but it's just so it's it's um it's cathartic uh, mm, and yeah. uh, it's easy. It's like one of the like one of the things that <laughs> like is some kind of wheelhouse that I can. I mean, I I, I play. I have I have a pedal, so I have like an acid rock kind of setting. I was just setting. about to ask what kind of guitar equipment yeah, and you have. I I play on a on a Squire Jazzmaster because I like to play a lot of surf. Okay. But um, nice. I do yeah. I definitely yeah that's like my go to is like a lot of venture stuff. But I I have a an acid setting that I like go to <laughs> that and I've just Sorry. labeled acid. <laughs> And that's it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, the wheelhouse for me is definitely that minor yeah. pentatonic and that always sounds good in that really high feedback fuzz distorted thing. So yeah, I play a lot nice. of it. I don't record much unless I'm, I play with, uh, I have like a little group that I play with, uh, with this guy who's a, uh, a cinematographer. Um, nice. he works in comedy a lot, but he's a drummer and stuff. Um, so I, I play with him a lot. So I'll, I'll record just to be like, Hey, I want to play this. Right here, yeah. or like this venture song, or whatever, or this kind Please of fuzzy thing. Please tell me thing. you guys have a Dude, band. That's fucking dope, man. Yeah. <laughs> what was the band, band pitch, Mallory? What were you gonna do? I was gonna say, please tell me you guys have a band name. Oh, uh, we don't. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So just like your record, be like, "Hey, I'm Kevin, and this is cinematographer." Oh, you should be called Untitled or something. I if I, nah. I swear, yeah, I, I swear. <laughs> If I what? like okay. had a band name, my wife would rip me to shreds. It's like she would just be like, shreds, "Oh, yeah. are you going to band <laughs> practice?" Like I know I would get a bunch of shit. But um, yeah, yeah. it'd be hilarious. Though. I mean, with all the hobbies, just throw that one on. Yeah, yeah just yeah. throw it on, man. Like, uh, but I, 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 yeah, I love, I love that so stuff. Bad. I love playing that stuff. I love listening to that stuff. Uh, um, definitely. God, I feel like I'm gonna pivot in a direction, and maybe I'll edit this out. Or not? I mean, because it's totally unrelated to everything. Is it hard being like in a relationship with someone who has such a weird career as yours? Um, you know, I I think it is. Um, she's an actor too, and she kind of oh, okay. splits a lot of things. She 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 does. She's done quite a bit of TV. Um, 
she but she also works for BuzzFeed as a chef so she um oh, and a so, producer so. yeah she produces a lot of like the um the tasty videos on uh, oh, Facebook so. with the hands yeah so she she comes up with those menu uh, items and, and recipes for um for brands and stuff which is something that she that's likes dope. to do yeah. yeah it's like yeah. it's it's fun and and it pays really well so she likes that but i do think it's really hard because um i'm just consumed with uh me specifically i'm i'm always like i'm either on the road you know like uh shooting and she has to come see me or she's and she's alone or mm. Or I'm like, you know, just completely like I have writer's brain for like all the day, you know, like I'm, I'm like writing for like five hours and then yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting there at dinner or having a glass of wine with her and she's telling me a story and she can tell I'm just like trying to figure out how to link two chapters or something, you know, like I'm just <laughs> completely, I have that waterlogged brain where I'm just sitting there thinking, um, the, uh, we're all here with you. We're all like that. Right. I read something that like Thomas McGuane had said something like that. The, they were like, why do you do so many short story things? He was like, because mm. I'm really skeptical of when I begin a novel because I know that I'm going to have to say things like, wow, that trip to France sounds amazing. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to have to lie that you were listening. So yeah, I, I, I think we can all relate to, to that kind of thing, you know? Oh, heavily. I hate having to pivot again, but. I know we definitely go down this kind of proverbial rabbit hole in Comaville and Upload, and both of them are kind of almost like sci-fi fantasy comedies, and I think Andy actually had some questions. Do you consider yourself more of, in a comedic medium, and would you say Comaville has, like, would you say, like, because uh, I know I've seen your show Upload. Love it, by the way. That's cool. A, thank you. Be too much of a fanboy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love, love it a lot. Like, your, your character is, like, insanely funny. Do you think that humor from your acting transfers to your – do you think it would transfer – transfers to your writing sometimes yeah man i think that that's i'm just a lot curious of, about that no yeah. no i think that's a lot of pressure i put on myself to try and mm. um yeah. and, and be funny and and, I and yeah, yeah i i think it i think it does or at least i've i, I tried a lot in comaville there's not as much in the new thing i'm writing which okay. has kind of been freeing you know that like with jokes yeah. it's like it. I, yeah. sometimes it's like you, you the, for for TV specifically, they're usually for the sure. last thing. And when I've ever been trying to develop something or work on something, or like yeah. it's all or write anything that's been in that format, jokes have always yeah. been very important. But for I sure. talked to a comedic writer where I was really um, this guy Brent Forrester. He wrote on The Simpsons and he wrote on The Office, and he oh, wrote wow. on Upload. Yeah, and I and I love both of those things. Um, so. I was talking to him about that. Yeah, killer resume. And I was just like, man, I'm 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 writing this thing and there's not as much humor in it and and it, and I'm just plotting it out right now and mm, yeah. you know, I'm worried that when I put it out there that it that there it's not trying to be funny but maybe it should maybe yeah is that like am i taking i'm scared always that i'm going to take myself too seriously i'm terrified that all of a sudden mm. i'm going to be caught up in writing something that i think is important and it's going to suck and it's just going to be <laughs> really kind of like someone's going to read it and they're like wow he was really trying to be serious you know um so it's like the that, fear of being pretentious exactly 
Exactly. The last thing I want is like to be, I yeah. don't want someone to be like, like what a pretentious fraud. So I'm really careful of that. And I was talking to this guy, Brent Forrester and Brent was like, um, it'll be funny. You'll, it, it'll be all right. And, and I was like, why, how, how do I know though? And he was like, uh, you know, usually if you're, if you're in comedy or something, it's just, you something will reflect how the stuff you yeah. write will reflect how your brain works. And, um, that, it's, that, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's gonna, it's gonna be there. Don't worry about it, but it, it it'll be there. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I kind of just try to try to relax about it, but yeah, For I do sure. think that it, and I think overall the way I write period, I mean, I knew going into Comaville and going into the new one, yeah. even going into short stories that I like plot, I like structure. And it's also what yeah. I do anyway. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I can't deny that. I can't be like, you, no, you for know, sure. this is Especially a book, it's TV different. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I have to yeah. acknowledge it. It's all very hand in hand. Yeah. Right. And, and I, and I tried also, you know, to kind of rely on some of what I felt are strengths. And that was, you know, Comaville, there's a lot of dialogue and, and I've written a lot of dialogue over the years and I've obviously said a lot of dialogue over the years. So it's like it embraced that stuff. And I love dialogue in books, you know, like, I mean, some of my favorite writers like Updike or Charles Portis are fucking great with dialogue. So it's like, you can't deny that, man. You have to kind of embrace Just like lean into it. kind of. Right? Yeah. Like don't, 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 it, it, I think I, uh, I, I read something that, that writer Steve Almond was talking about. Uh, he, he did like, they released that book about stoner and uh, he was saying like, he was like, every mistake I've made on the page has been born from insecurity. And it was like, mm. that's, that's gotta be it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I can't, I can't have my fear drive that. Yeah. That, that, that's, I rely on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I appreciate you telling me all that because, um, like I've been trying to like write more humor, like in my writing, you know, particularly I I used to, I don't know. Mallory told you this. Like I used to like do stand up, but I was terrible at it. Um, right. so, that is so a running I. joke on here dude so is i i tried it too and it like for a little bit but the thing with that man is it because you're in chicago or I, I was in chicago and i did a little bit of it and then i did a little bit of it in la but man like i oh how are the scenes different uh chicago's a lot more there's way more purists and la a lot of them are using it to do something else it's like a stepping stone i can thing. see that it's like usually be in movies maybe or right in mass like, 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 yeah i can see that yeah. and there are, that's not everybody but there, that's a lot of people a lot of people get into to, uh, people will start and eventually bail in la because they just think that it's a way to get seen or something or that they have something interesting to say. For me, it's like I was tired of um, writing stuff and having no one give a shit. Um, so I was like, I, I, or even if you try to develop a show or something, you write this big packet and then you give it to your agent and they go, great. And then maybe you get a couple meetings or something. But For like, sure, it's yeah. not, it's not like writing. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you've come up with characters and potential stories and stuff, but you don't get to like get into the meat of like whatever you want to do. So I started doing stand up to get some kind of like, Reaction, like from reaction, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, gratification, exactly. Right. So I tried that, but the thing it's a is, drug man, in itself, just a lot. it is the, a drug in itself. You get it, it. You get it. You get it. You also see people, and it, this is how I feel about writing, but that like you need it. 
Like they, like there oh, are definitely. people I'm up there, you know, telling some jokes and some shit and like that it's fun to do or, or it's a nightmare, but you look at somebody <laughs> else and it doesn't matter yeah. if it's a good night yeah, or a bad facts, night. Yeah. They're doing it compulsively. They're like, I have to be, this is my thing. This is what I have to do. And even if I wasn't successful at it, I would be doing it. And that's how I feel about, you know, like, like writing fiction because it's like, I, I it doesn't matter if I get published, if this gets published or not. I, I know I'm going to spend fucking time on it. I just have to, you know, I, I, I just have to do it, you know. I dig that. I like that you just kind of let it wash all over you. Yeah. <laughs> There's some kind of weird apathy, like someone who's like a sex addict or like, <laughs> or like, or someone who's addicted to food. Getting like I'm just going to. Passion yeah. and obsession. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to fucking eat it. I might as well, you know, like that's what it, how I feel about my writing where it's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Have you seen Spaceballs? I'm having a pizza, the hut. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like it's That's just like it. stuck in my head. Okay. That's, I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm like Pizza the Hut when I write. Like I just I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking do it. I might as well just do it. Yeah. Okay. So, what kind of music do you think Comaville vibes with? Like, if you were Man, to do a soundtrack, I would definitely, definitely go with that real estate record. But I would also go with. Um, I would go with Sturgill Simpson's stuff. I mean, it, I, I, I just I really like, I uh, yeah, it. I know. It's just kind of a weird, I guess that would be a weird pairing, but, um, I, I feel so kind of, um, inspired by that guy because of how subversive he is. Um, you know, like it, it, I feel like he's a country artist who hates country artists and, mm-hmm. and I, in a lot of ways I'm an actor who hates other actors. So I think, I think that I'm <laughs> that, a writer who hates other writers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think I, I just relate to that and just using something that can be so that, like the, uh, his, the sound of like Sturgill Simpson's voice and his country music could be seen as kind of the, the genre itself, which is can be commercially very cheesy and terrible, but he's able to use similar sounds and make fucking great music that to kind of talk shit about the industry and stuff. I, I find that pretty, pretty awesome. I would also say Ty Siegel, Ty Siegel, definitely because one, he's my favorite artist out there, but, um, I dig it. I just, I just Shout love, out. Oh God. Shouts out the Ty. There's something about whenever that dude hits a power chord where I'm just like, what music? Do we have the same up, upbringing or something? Like, <laughs> what were you listening to when you were 10? I bet you it was like the same Seriously, ACDC yeah. record I listened to or something. It, it I, I feel mm. like that dude, that I just yeah. vibe with everything that he puts out, every, every single record. And I have almost every single record. But I feel like, too, that there's, um, there's nothing worse than like reading a writer – who mm. I can tell isn't having fun or is debating whether or not they're any good on the page. And like, I feel That's like so true though. You can hear that with music yeah. too. And, and Siegel. Yeah. In, in, in the cadence. And the Absolutely. Yeah. And Siegel knows how good he is. And like his records are full of this exuberance and like these, he uses sound as an instrument, like just kind of noise as an instrument and all this feedback and snarl to the guitars. And like he doubles up on the solos and it's just, it's chaotic and it's melodic and and it, he, i can tell that fucker's having a lot of fun while he's doing it so there's just a 
And that band that he does, uh, that metal band Fuzz that he has, is such a great band. And that's so <laughs> that aptly kind of named music. too. I know it's so purpose. It's so purposeful, and it's great because it could. It could also just to the point of like Sergio Simpson too. It's like it could suck. Like it could just be kind of corny, but he throws himself into it without a band, you know, with abandon and, yeah, and, and like, like, he doesn't I give a shit if it's corny or not. Yeah. He doesn't care. He just loves that type of music. So I, I, I relate to that a lot. And so I would definitely, I think that there's, there, a lot of his, um, his music seagulls, especially like emotional yeah. mugger that the, the, the guitars to me sound diseased. And I, I wanted that feeling in Comaville as the city starts to phrase, rot, yeah. you know, like that you kind yeah. of feel, you feel that you feel mm-hmm. that everything's kind of falling apart. So I would definitely like the, just crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, this noise. Yeah. This noise that the songs coming apart a lot of the times and it's just kind of the fabric of it is just falling apart. And I, so I wanted the fabric of the city to fall apart around Josh uh, into yeah. like kind of this nightmare scape. And um, especially and, since he's yeah. in a coma too. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. I yeah. love that. Like the, what, what you're saying is basically like, yeah, that is real for the novel. I, I think that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of, I mean, yeah, what's uh, that? Yeah. well, like a lot of like being an actor and like seeing kind of how entertainment has been shaped by nostalgia and that there's, mm-hmm. you know, the the big box office stuff is all comic book movies. It's all calling back yeah, to, yeah, there's a, there's where's a weird... the Calvin and Hobbes movie. Where's that, Calvin? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Pitch, pitch that idea, right? Come on. Or now. it's just, re- it's just recycled shit of like all these reboots and stuff. And you're like, man, like, it's just kind of, it's depressing to see, you know, like one of the most popular novels of what, what the past decade would be ready player one. And you're like, ah, like, damn it. Like this thing that's just like using a dopamine For device sure. to be like, Hey, remember that? And you're like, and it's, and it's a fun book, you know, but it's, it's not, you know, it is what it is. It shouldn't be treated as highbrow shit, you know, not that it, I get, you know, that also sounds no, pretentious, I mean, but like, I'll say it. I, I, I've never read ready player one i don't play i was gonna say i didn't know it was a book i just thought it was a movie right the, i mean I feel that, so out of loop on the mainstream shit so nah yeah it, like my there's a, there were a few people who was like you gotta fucking read this man you gotta read it and it's imaginative but at the same time you're just like dude i don't mean to cut like, you off but like i got an, i got an example of that like i had i had a person one time recommend me and ran and i was like oh oh you're that kind God. of person like, you know <laughs> I what i mean know like, who you I, are I, not, yeah i judge yeah. people all the time at the book like i shouldn't say this but i do like when they buy like books at my bookstore no when i see people right. buying ruby kapoor i'm like a I, I, coward my bad i messed up her name but i'm like why or like, or, like why are you buying the trump book like what it's coward, pre- i think yeah i think it's k-a-u-r i'm, okay. I'm oh my god i'm getting canceled last this episode <laughs> but cancel it. But you know what I mean, though. Like I judge people on the books they buy. I don't mean to, but like sometimes you just judge people because it, it's Dude, human. It's, you know, it's a human thing. If you've to seen do. High Fidelity, that's exactly what they do at the record store. I know all the time. I know yeah. it's impossible not to like, and I don't want it to be true. I don't want yeah. it to like, I guess like I know a lot of people who are shitty people with great taste, you know, but so For it's sure. like, it, it doesn't mean everything. But yeah, like, if you tell me that. that you love 
Dave Matthews, I it's not that you're a shitty person, but I do know I I can guess a cer- certain elements of your life that I would probably yeah. be correct on. Like <laughs> that was high school me, Kevin. Don't judge me. A friend was influencing me. They had weed. I didn't know what to do. I'm from the Midwest. I can't help that shit. I come from a big white family. That. Yeah. Look, yeah. it's fine. We all dabbled. We all I I tried sure, with that. Sure. I. I Every, tried a little. every little, girl I was attracted uh, to was sure. was into it and like yeah. yes, I've definitely worn a couple polo like, shirts. Yeah. Like yeah. I I've tried, yeah. man. Like, I don't tried. you want some satellite? Like don't you some crashing to me? Yeah, dude, I went for it, but it's like yeah, it just yeah, did. Yeah. It wasn't a hat that didn't fit. It just didn't work. Yeah. And then I went back to you know too small the other shit, yeah. and yeah, it was fine. You know, like but. Yeah. It it is it's it's harmless. It's harmless music. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's but I can I could totally um but if you're still listening to it, it's like you are A nostalgic and B sentimental. <laughs> like, and a little broy. And broy. And a little broy. Yeah, and I bro-y. and you and you're probably wearing flip flops like w- with cargo shorts. It's pr- probably Ooh, not that's definitely. That's another Ooh. Chicago <sighs> thing though. They love yes. those cargo Ooh. shorts. They yeah. do. They do. You're hating on Midwesterners so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Be so I know. glad you moved out of here. I know. My wife. Rainbows my wife's in the cross shorts. <laughs> my wife's family's from Bridgeport. Like they're, you know, oh, like yeah. It, yeah, I, 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 I know, and they, and they love Dave Matthews, and there's not, there's not, yeah. I can't do anything about that. And then I'm known as the guy who hates Dave Matthews, and I have to go, dude, Ooh. I don't hate Dave Matthews. I yeah. have no feelings towards Dave Matthews yeah. whatsoever. He yeah. inspired, which you know, like they say, <laughs> they say the opposite of of, yeah, of yeah. love is yeah, not hate; yeah. it's indifference, and that's how yeah. I feel yeah, about DMB. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do, I don't think about it. It just doesn't cross my mind. There's no animosity towards. Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like I wrote like an essay about DMB in high school. Like was, I might write up I hate Dave Matthews band essay after this. Whoa. I have I feel like I feel like yeah. you did write an essay about Dave Matthews. Did you I write will. a Dave? <laughs> That's a... I haven't, but I will. <laughs> oh God, I will read that and a love whole it. Memoir. <laughs> My life in the smart yeah. family, watching Dave Matthews band every summer. I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kevin, I would love for you to do a reading. Uh, would you like to do that? I would like to I would like. I would like to do that. Um, okay, okay. I, I, no pressure. I would love that. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to read part from Comaville. Um, that is chapter seven. And I think it kind of lines up with uh, nicely with a lot of what we've been talking about, which is uh the feeling of like uh i guess like jumping in and doing something that could be perceived as uh corny or um the, or maybe sanguine or whatever like just something that could be perceived as uh you know just a poor choice in writing um or in music and uh i i tried to do this and have fun with it and that was that i wrote in um in in two chapters in comaville i go for second person narrative and uh or as a narrator so that to me is you know i mean most lit mags won't take second person narrative um and i never really write in second person (laughs) 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 plug modeling house plug right there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I, I think I know them. 
I know those guys. I think it's cool. I think it's if you can do yeah. it, the, you know, a good way or something. So I just yeah, tried to do sure. do that to have fun in, uh, with it. So And I appreciate oh, I mean, that, like doing it because like, you want to. Well, I was nervous. I was uh, – if you want to talk about insecurity on the page, I mean, I did this because I felt like um, – I was worried. Lou Reed said this quote about nostalgia. That, uh, yeah, I do too. Love he was like, I don't give a my, shit about anybody's nostalgia. Is obsessed with Lou Reed. Yeah, I love Lou Reed. Story. I love Metal Machine. Yeah. I love all that. He, he said, uh, I don't give a shit yeah. about anyone's nostalgia but my own. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm writing, I wrote, you know, I wrote a book about nostalgia. So I was like, oh shit, I really hope people yeah. care. The cover is like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh like yeah, Reaver did like, like, an awesome. I love the cover too. Yeah, yeah and get and gets that decay yeah. that we're talking about. That like, um, mm, so I, I thought yeah. Reaver really got that. But um, yeah, I I I I I was worried that you know you wouldn't kind of relate. So I thought it would be kind of cool if it was similar to a video game in which you get to play as Josh, uh, you get to become him and you get to absorb a memory uh, of his and have his nostalgia. So, um, it's it, the chapters like him getting ready for a date. That's a bit, that's a, like a big date that he's been waiting for for a long time. Hell yeah. So, let's, let's do this. All right. Uh, here we go. Um, You gently move your hand through your hair, staring into the mirror with conviction. Today is the beginning of the life you've been building towards. Your adult life begins now. It's Sunday, a renowned holy day, and although you don't believe in that malarkey, it feels very sacred. As if created and shaped by the divine, this has the makings of the perfect day, the best and first day of your life. You've taken every precaution in your preparation. You bought and used a new body wash, which you chose with careful consideration. You'd sifted through the soaps, sniffing and evaluating their masculine scents as if you were wine tasting in Burgundy, finally arriving at one which gave off a proper concoction of the robust scents of testosterone and elegance. Having lathered up and caked your skin with it, it has fermented with your budding pheromones to produce a scented aura that makes you feel as if you were a well-read lumberjack. It gives you the confidence to bullfight. If you were in Spain, having just soaked yourself in this particular body wash, you feel as though you would descend the steps of the Colosseum, leaping into the arena and shoving the bedizen denizen fighter out of the way. The bull, now your adversary, would be distracted by your cavalier confidence. It would suffer a severe lack of confidence and buckle, slinking away in cowardice. The crowd would roar. Your muscles would flex in triumph. You are mighty. But you have to be sure. This is the date you've been waiting for, after all. You can't risk going with only one scent. That's why you've stolen your father's aftershave. You actually did manage to shave, getting rid of that detestable peach fuzz that your mother always hated and made comments about. It makes you look dirty. You have such a pretty face. Why don't you let people see it? You splash the aftershave onto your palms and rub it onto your lithesome cheeks. Yowza, you say, just like Dad. It doesn't burn, but you know it should. Maybe it does. Perhaps you can feel it a little bit. No, you can. Definitely. You're a man. You've also managed to sneak his cologne. It's a small bottle that he only uses for special occasions, holiday parties, Super Bowl gatherings, dinners with mom's family. You spray two squirts onto each wrist and rub them into your jaw. But again, doesn't feel like enough. Cursed be the creator who made it impossible to sniff thine own self. You take the extra precaution and spray the scent onto your shirt. Six squirts. 
Now you can successfully smell the melange of pungent masculinity that you've concocted. This is a brawny aura that could make Paul Bunyan weep and Rocky Balboa take a dive. As you put on your sneakers, you feel as though you've done all that you can. You've gone that extra mile. Your sneakers are an iridescent white after vigorously scrubbing them with the white sneaker cleaner that you bought at the shoe outlet. They sparkle and shine like pearly whale's teeth. You put on your watch. You want the world to, at large to know that you're a man who needs to adhere to time. You're a man with a schedule and demands. You're a man who has places to be and problems to solve, goddammit. It was the same watch that Grammy Jan got you for Christmas last year, and she totally fucking nailed it. It's far too big for your tiny wrist, but you are convinced that this is stylish. It's what so many of the rappers in music videos are wearing, a man bracelet that will convince her you are wealthy, or at least well on your way. This is bound to impress her. Every box being checked in your auspicious preparation, you climb into your old pickup truck. It's a massive brown extended cab with four-wheel drive. It's 15 years old with 150 miles on it, 50,000 miles on it. It slurps up fossil fuel as if it had a a twisty straw stabbed into the earth's crust. It's not the most glamorous chariot, but it's certainly passable considering your age. You, You drive, your gut stewing with unwieldy anxiety. After years of planning, it was all coming to fruition. It began with jokes two years ago in biology. You were new to town, having moved from Oregon. Evanston, Illinois, was bigger than the town you had just come from. It felt like a city. What's more, it was outside of one of the biggest cities in the United States, Chicago, baby. And Evanston itself had a different vibe. The kids had more money. There were fast food restaurants here. The high school was three times the size of your puny Oregon school. You knew you had to make your mark somehow, some way, so you used humor. You quickly garnered a reputation as a wisecracker. Not a class clown by any means, but a nettlesome classroom disturbance who offered mordant asides to his classmates at the expense of the syllabus. As your reputation and confidence grew, you began to focus your targeting. What began as a wide net of classroom commentary began to focus and become play-by-play asides to a section of the room, more specifically where Kira Mawerski sat. As the year went on, your jokes were sequestered to the lab table that you shared with Kira and four others. Soon, by year's end, there were whispers, wisecracks to Kira alone. The following years, a spirited friendship had blossomed. What classes you'd managed to have with her, you made sure you sat as close as possible. The flirting one was unusually subtle, always disguised as caustic comments, but underneath burned an intense love for this girl. Finally, senior year came, and you both had leadership together. Thank your mother's Lord Almighty for fucking leadership, the poor man's free period. You and Kira were often paired together to work on projects and fundraisers. fundraisers. You were tasked with helping run a campaign to increase recycling efficiency at the school, which, to you, felt tantamount to the team-building experience of a husband and wife renovating a house. And it was here that you got the one-on-one time that you yearned for so desperately. Intimate conversations were had. She told you everything. Her mom drinks too much. She always wanted to go to Italy. Her older sister moved to Austin, Texas, and she visited there a couple times. And it's the coolest city in the world. You debated movies, music, and the purpose of homework. And on top of it all, you made an excellent team, seemingly conquering every task with ease. You managed to raise $342 for homecoming from recycled materials from the lunchroom. You guys were heroes. As a result, 
of your efficiency, Mrs. Lund, always paired you two up for every task. Finally, when you mustered courage to ask her to hang out over the weekend, it felt like all but a guarantee. You'd betray the demands of nature if you denied your passion for one another. You were working on a banner for the pep rally. Kira doing the handwriting because you're sucks. And you just asked her, point blank. It came fumbling out of your mouth and you paused, terrified. What if you were wrong? What if she hated you all along and was just being nice to you? What if this was some ruse? She's just being nice to you out of pity, you you idiot. But it was too late. You already asked her. You watched her stop her marker midway through scrawling. She lifted her beautiful face, her, her cheeks turning pink as she flashed you a smile. It was the smile you always worked so hard to achieve. The trophy for every dumb joke you told. And boy, did you melt. You were a puddle on that floor, man. Yeah. Sure, she said. Holy shit. All right, and then it goes on with the uh, with the date. That was whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like gonna give like Coma a Ville, class, clash but, like, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bigley. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for letting me do the reading and everything. Yeah, we love having you on the show. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for definitely. being a guest. Thanks for doing this. Do you want to Thanks give me. us any plugs, social media yeah, accounts, let, let whatever? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Instagram, uh, Kevin W. Bigley, and then Twitter okay. is just Kevin Bigley. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know when this movie's coming out. Um, Upload is on Amazon and also Undone, um, which is a crazy magical realist uh, show that's really neat. Um, the BoJack writers created it. It's really neat. It's... Uh, fantastical it's rotoscoped so we shoot it and then they draw over us so it's the that's insane yeah it's like every it's like a kind of an oil painting come to life it's called undone uh and it's and it's really really cool the same people who did um uh richard linklater's waking life and uh and and that kind of style yeah Yeah, so it's it's a really cool show it's really um it's really fun it's it's really interesting uh, uh but um it's it's a thinker and it's unlike a lot of i think everything that's out there i think it's i think it's pretty cool and then upload yeah watch upload and then hopefully the you know season season two will come out next year i think hell yeah that's exciting thanks man and then i have some writing on modeling house and people should read all that stuff because um you guys are the mallory your place is the best i'm given such like a nod of approval here I love you, Ken. <laughs> I love you so much more than Andy right now. I don't know why oh, I'm putting you two wow. against each other. But oh, no. It's all you, Ken. What Kev. am I going to do without Mallory's affection? No. No it's twin a, for you. No. It's all me, man. Oh, it's okay. all me. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. But okay. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Yeah, Kevin, man. Thanks for having me. Seriously. This was, I appreciate this was amazing. This awesome, was right. guys. Have yeah. a good rest of your night. All right. All right. You guys, too. Bye. Peace, Kevin. Bye. All right. That was Kevin Bigley. Hit up his Twitter at Kevin Bigley and check out his book, Comaville from Clash Books. If you're in the mood for something a little lighter, log on to Amazon Prime and binge watch upload. Something about Jeff Bezos stepping down makes that experience feel a little less evil and capitalistic, which ironically are pretty central themes to the show. As always, 
If you want to check out our podcast on Twitter, hit us up at PodHealing and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. We're available on all platforms and have many more lit guests coming up. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we interview Taylor Johnson about their writing and life in New Orleans. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for listening to the show.